food, baby. We in here, yeah, we in here. We Y'all better get comfortable with saying black. We in here, yeah, we in here. Black versus the Board of Education. Yeah, we in here, yeah, we in here. That's why we are indeed a whole mood. That's it. And it's not Monday. It's Uh-oh. going Tuesday. up on a Tuesday. That's right. We are Black versus the Board of Education. Hello, hello, hello. We welcome you into this space. My name is Miss Laureen, and I will be the hostess with the mostest, as usual. Um, as Of course, as usual, we go around the table. And we make sure you know who's in the building before we get to discussing things. So today, I'm going to start with Miss Jada. Hey, Miss Jada. Hey, y'all. Hey, my name is Jada. I am a homeschooled senior in the Sacramento area, and I look forward to today's topic. Fantastic. Because uh, we're talking about how they can't ignore their way out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, come on, Jalen. Say hey to the people. Uh, hola. Como estas? <laughs> uh, <laughs> my name is Jalen. <laughs> I am a college student in the California area. In in the in whole Cal- California area, <laughs> oh, they don't wow. know. Okay, somewhere. His geography, <laughs> Lord. Somewhere. Where's Miss Anaya, please? Come on, Anaya. Hey, hey everyone. Uh, my name is Anaya. I'm currently a senior in high school, and I'm excited for today's talk. Let's go. Let's go. Where's Samuel? Sam, you gonna unmute? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. Samuel. That's my name is Samuel in French. Oh, okay. Right on. We nice. we being bilingual today. That's what's up. Okay. Uh Miss Keela. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, it's your girl Keela. I'm a college student in oh. the California region. In the you in the California so she region. In the region too. I'm in the area. I'm oh whatever. Lord. Which one's can't, bigger? They can't do nothing. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and so today we have a special guest co-host. Oh. Uh, one of our newest team members here on Team DYLP. Go ahead and pull up my fella. He's a horse. Okay. All right. All right. We got it. Go ahead and introduce yourself, love. How y'all doing? My name's Adrian. And I'm a college student in the California area. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm new to this, so bear with me. Everybody's in the area. Okay. All right. Now I'm in the region. <laughs> you in, oh, I'm sorry. You are in the region. Lord have mercy. We're going to get them together sometime today. <laughs> well, again, welcome to this special episode of Black versus the Board of Education. We apologize. We were not available yesterday because we went and attended a WASC accreditation meeting, and we will get Ooh, to those Lord. details Ooh. in a minute. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, we're talking about how you can't ignore your way out of this. And it's come to our attention today that at a middle school in this area, there were some uh, fake money. I think they were called nigger bucks. Yeah. uh, Making their way around campus. And um, the perpetrators were not black. Hmm. I'm sorry, not white. Right. (laughs) And so do you guys think it matters? At this point, when people are bringing um, things with hateful rhetoric on it, do you think it matters at this point who brings it? Yes or no? Jalen is shaking his head, so I'm going to start with him. I think yes, because if you, uh, if we're the ones that are bringing it, then it makes it seem like it's okay for everybody else to do it right. because we're, uh, people follow the black people. It's, that's just, they want to steal our, our 
the way we dress, they want to steal the way we talk, they want to steal our music. And they want to steal a, a word that's a racial epithet? Yes, they do. Hmm, that's interesting. Yes, they do. Okay. Samuel, does it matter? Who brings it? Black kids brought nigger bucks to school. Does it matter? I, I don't think it matters. I mean, hey, put on the band hammer. I do not care whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Hispanic, or you're Asian. If you bring it hard or bucks to school, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you look like. It's obviously you have some issues that are unsolved because that's just not okay. Mm. It's Jada? just not okay. I find it interesting how, you know, when you get, I think that the word being used within a school environment is not okay because you want people to take you seriously should somebody use that word against you. But what happens when you bring it by yourself? Like what happens when you as a black person bring these nigger bucks to school, but want to get mad when somebody throws the word in your face? Mm. It's like, be the example that you want to see. Because for you to do that and then expect people to take you seriously when that slur is thrown at you, like, but you are okay with bringing this, you know? Mm. And somebody who's looking at that might not, like, say that let, like that dollar was just laying on the floor. Somebody might not look at that and know that a black person made that. They could just be like, somebody here does not like me, and now I'm uncomfortable. Like, so it's just something to think about. Well, I think you you took it a little further. You said a black person made it. No, no, these are something that you can order offline, right, Keila? You looked up Ooh. the website? Yeah, I looked up the website. Yeah. It, yeah. You said a black person brought it to school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't make it. I just okay. wanted to be clear. I oh, wanted to okay, clarify okay, okay. that they did not make it. Yeah. Um, you looked it up. Yeah, so I looked it up, you know, because I was like... Is um, this real? Right, is this real? <laughs> and you know how normally, like, if it's something's fake or something, it'll be like, oh, like, what's I not found? There was two click here buttons, and then I was like, okay. We all looked at it, and I was like, they literally had over a million posts and over 21,000 people following it. Mm. Anaya, does it matter? Um, I agree with Sam and Jada's points. I don't think it matters because either way it's wrong. And I don't think just because like, for example, some, or since the person who brought it was black, it, it shouldn't be like, oh, they're black. It's okay. Mm. It's not. If you know the history, it's not okay right. to bring that and to think it's funny and just to get away with it just because you're black. Mm. Adrian, is it funny? No, it's not funny because a black person brings it to school not only black people are going to laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Are you going to get mad when a white person laughs at it? I don't mm-hmm. know if you have the right to. You brought it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's clear that these kids were seeking validation from, I don't know, from their white students or white friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's how they show it. Makes sense. I got it. I got it. Samuel? And it's like I said a few weeks ago. It's all about situation. It's It's how... And in the situation, how a black person, uh, a black kid brung up this word. Like, you didn't do this like it was being said to you and you repeated it. Like, he's told, he said to me, like, somebody said to me, blah, blah, blah. No, you brung it up as a derogatory term and bought, and literally was like, I bought nigger butts. Like, it's just I see like, this. I see this on the same same kind of lane, Sam, um, of, you know, the, the boys that participated in the auction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what it makes me think of. The boys who participated in the auction, of course, they feigned ignorance, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I didn't know. Oh, well, it was funny. Oh, you know, whatever their reasoning was. There seems to be, there needs to be more, people keep saying this, and I don't believe it, but I'm going to go with it. 
that there needs to be more education around the use of the word, the context and whatever, and why it's not okay. Or um, because they're always going to say, well, black people say it. So why can't I say it? But then when you come to school with these stupid things, bucks, right. How, or is, does that take away some of the um, leg to stand on that we have in situations where we're coming to administrators expecting them to address the n-word when or with the hard r when we're some of our students who are black are not taking it seriously and are perpetuating the same type of um language and taking it really um as if it's not a big deal how how do we look at it sam it definitely hurts the credibility and uh kind of validation that you can get like you, you they're gonna say well black people don't take black kids at this school don't take it seriously they throw it around as a term all the time so why should we that that sets a dangerous precedent that somebody that actually gets called hard er at school they can just throw around this card of well black kids use it in mm -hmm. a, 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 in schools so why should we punish why should we punish uh other students for using it against other students it is it, it sets it, it's just like it or, or, or teachers for that matter yeah or teachers for that matter right you can't ignore your way out of this there has mm -hmm. to be some sort of consequence now because i believe in accountability so what do you believe is an appropriate consequence for students who do things like this like bring nigger bucks to school or um refer to their classmates as niggers with the hard ER, what is the appropriate consequence? Anaya, what's the appropriate consequence? Um, I'm not completely sure, like whether it's go as far as suspension or whatnot, but I definitely say they can start at an apology. Cause like, if I were to see that at my school campus, it's like, oh, who brought that? I'd want an apology. You made me feel bad. So I think starting at an apology to, I don't know who, but I think that is like the first step. An apology. Yeah. I think an apology sounds nice, but then what happens when they apologize and then if or when or if they do it again, it's like punching somebody in the face and saying sorry and then doing it again. At that point, your apology is meaningless because in the end, I'm hurt and I'm allowing you to continue to get away with it with a simple apology. I think that suspension for bullying and hate speech is appropriate. Um, and I was just going to ask y'all about that ed code that I gave y'all. Mm -hmm. I think that this is hate is speech. Eight, and is that this two? Is... A2? Which... I'll look at it. Go ahead. But I think this is hate speech and bullying, and I think that this is worth the suspension. Um, for sure, for sure. Like, yeah, for sure. I, 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 I agree with Jada. Like, this is not acceptable, and we shouldn't set this precedent that it is acceptable, even if they're Black. I don't care. If they if they bring it up in this context, then they they deserve a, a a suspension. Maybe five days, maybe a week, maybe sometimes more. They just need to learn that this is not okay. It's right. not okay to bring this up because it sets a precedent for other students that this is okay. This is acceptable. This is uh fine because if black people do it, how is it offensive to black people? Mm -hmm. Is it possible for uh for the school to make them like take some type of course to like understand the word or is, is that possible well what they call that when adults have to do it is sensitivity training or cultural sensitivity training mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you're saying a, a cultural sensitivity co course or mm -hmm. class 
until and then they have to complete it before they can come back. Mm. Who's teaching it? Right. That matters. That does matter. <laughs> it matters. Yeah. Uh-huh. Adrian, what do you think? What's an appropriate punishment? I was more aligned with what Jalen said. Um, of course, suspension, but you know, suspension, they're gonna go home, play video games, not learn anything. So I think there has to be a way that they can can be taught what the word means and the history behind it and how it affects other people. True. Kayla? Um, I'm kind of with Anaya. I'm not really sure. Like, yeah, kind of suspension, obviously, like forever. Like, say if it happened on a Wednesday, like they're suspended until that following Monday, whatever. But like what Jalen was saying, the whole they should have classes but what you were saying too like who's going to teach that because that's important yeah um i don't want nobody's damn apology that's just me mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. because at this point we should know better right um and if they were not taught at home which i believe they probably were um if they were not taught at home i think that there has to be um, accountability and they need to be taking a course when they come back or mm-hmm. before they leave mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. right when the offense takes place yeah. right um i don't know about exclusionary discipline um but of course ed code kind of dictates with hate speech and they will apply it to black children yeah. first mm-hmm. um so with hate speech i believe that that was appropriate um to go ahead and make an example out of somebody yeah. um but i want to see that same energy, same energy. right yeah when non-black kids do it mm-hmm. and teachers well we're gonna get to them in a minute because i i think that was the catalyst really for why um we we wanted to have this on tuesday and we'll talk about now but i wanted to go to the ed code section 48907 students may not engage in speech that is obscene libelous or slanderous slanderous speech that is false and it exposes a person to hatred, contempt, or ridicule is unprotected. Okay. Um, but I don't know if that's the one I wanted to see, but that's the first one that came up. So we'll go ahead and go with that one. Um, let's see. But, okay, so yesterday, we were going to hold our podcast on Mondays as usual, right? Um, but yesterday, I wanted to expose you guys to a specific type of uh, thing that happens in the school system where... Um, the WASC accreditation, the school's accreditation comes up. And uh, we we went to the meeting yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was disheartened to see there were only three parents there because this is a school that seems to have a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, three parents came, um, two students, uh, one vice principal. I believe there are four on campus. Mm-hmm. The principal did not come. Um, and this is a school that made headlines last week for a teacher using the n-word in class um the teacher my understanding um continued to say the word and her excuse was because she was trying to teach students not to say it and she used verse both versions of the n-word in her class um students were upset my understanding is there was one black child who stood up and said to stop saying it he was punished for standing up and saying stop saying it because the teacher accused him of being disrespectful Mm. additionally i know this is a lot sam i see your eyes just get (laughs) bear with me (laughs) um there are teachers on campus that are co-signing 
because they are not helping her, holding, holding her accountable. There are students who are not trying to return to her class where other, other teachers have opened up their class um, in order for the students to have some place to be during her class period. Uh, my understanding is she has been suspended with pay. Mm. And so yesterday we went to the Waska accreditation and the first <laughs> question I think I remember him asking was how is the school responding to parent concerns? Mm -hmm. And it seemed like all hell broke loose. Oh, it was a wrap. Oh, it was a wrap. It was a Royal rumble. Okay. So you guys are using all these adjectives, but <laughs> kind of explain mm. from your perspective what you saw in that meeting. Jada. I saw a lot of frustration. Um, I think there were these two other parents that had come, and I think their students, I, one of their students I know that's been continuously targeted, but um, she seemed, they both seemed very frustrated at the fact that the school continues to not do anything and one of the parents had mentioned like stuff like this always happens like it's just become just this normal thing that's happened just this culture that this school has built but this was the straw that broke the camel's back and she had mentioned that it was a behavioral problem um and kind of blamed the school for not responding to it accordingly I think one of the one of the parents had walked in and when she had first spoke, she was speaking and then she had looked over at one of the other. Um, the only one the, that was in the room. <laughs> the only vice principal. Yes, the only vice principal that was in there and was like, there was an issue brought up, da 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 and you didn't do anything. And he was just like, and I was just like, huh. And I think, I don't know, did he leave? Did nope. He, he didn't no, leave, he was the just there. Time. Nope. You said at the beginning. Quiet. He didn't say anything. I think it was quiet for a minute and all he said was, I 1000% agree. That's <laughs> I was it. like, that's, that's it? it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, there was just a lot of frustration in that room coming from all the parents and it could and you could tell that more stuff like stuff like this has happened continuously and the school has not done anything about it to a point where there was this kind of just this anger mm. within the room. Like it was like we're here again. Like what are we actually going to do about it this time because all the times that we brought it up to you before, it hasn't it hasn't done anything. So what are we doing this time? Enough with the games. That's what it just seemed like. Adrian, what did you what did you observe in the WASC accreditation meeting? Uh, it was very interesting. I when we first got there, I thought you know we'd stay on one topic of a teacher saying the N word, mm -hmm. um, but you know as it went on, clearly see that's not the only problem that's going on. Mm -hmm. We had one teacher or one uh, parent come in late, and she had a whole myriad of issues concerning her son, which she's seen with other kids, the football team. Mm. and um you know the the first parent was kind of like the the leader of the squad um <laughs> that was her squad. She, she she had a lot to say and i understand it i mean that's what happens when schools uh silence kids and silence parents and mm. when they when parents feel like they're being silenced they need an outlet to speak and that was her outlet so she she spoke mm. um yeah. So yeah, from, yeah. Yeah. Keila, um, you were taking notes the whole time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was looking over her scribbling. Ah, because it was crazy. Okay. Um, to be honest, I don't know what I expected, but it definitely wasn't that. At first, it was kind of like, you know, the parent was subjecting or talking about the N word. And then it became a whole different topic about all these other issues they have. And one of the parents described it as a toxic relationship. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And everybody was like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, what? And then it just, it got crazy after that. All of them were kind of yelling, talking over each other. Like, you could just tell everybody was so frustrated and so over everything. And I agree with Adrian. I think this is what happens when you don't provide parents a genuine outlet exactly. um, to really come through and express their frustrations with a school environment. Um, everything comes out and it was like a volcano explosion. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Jalen. Oh man. Um, just like Adrian, uh, just like everybody, I didn't right. know what to expect. Um, especially at the beginning when it was a whole everybody was introducing themselves and only one person was from San Juan. It was just like, yeah, it was just like, oh, I'm the principal for this. I'm the vice principal for this school. I'm the we're we're located two hours away. And I'm like, so all of these other people are coming from two hours away. But the people that are at the school and who need to be here mm -hmm. are not here. Right. So that was the first thing for me. I was like, OK. And then and I think that that happened because this was supposed to be sort of like a neutral committee. Mm -hmm. And so everybody can't be from the same campus. These are uh, the people that are going to be making recommendations about how they need to proceed if they're going to be placed on probation okay. or other things. So I didn't expect them to be from that school. Okay. However, um, within this WASC accreditation, what happens is the schools get to self-assess kind of how they think or grade themselves on how they think they are responding in a, a in various um, categories, right? Yeah. And so this was one category that, I'm sorry, I, after the hour of us sitting there, we only got to this one, and I believe it really centered on um, culture and climate mm -hmm. um, because there was nothing else that could be done uh, with everybody talking all at the same time. And I did not mean to cut you off, oh. but I wanted to make sure we we understand that they were there to be kind of like a neutral party. Yeah. Um, to to kind of hear from the parents and then make a recommendation on how this school needs to pro proceed to fix whatever it is that's broken. But uh, go ahead. I, I apologize. No, I, actually, I, I, I wanted that to be clarified because I was so confused. I'm like, why are all these different schools here? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and then just like everybody said, it was just so much frustration. Um, you just seen, like, I just kept looking over at the vice principal. He was just in complete. I mean, I think he had a lot of courage. Yeah. Oh, 100%. To sit there. He said he wasn't going to stay, yeah, but yeah. he stayed. He stayed the um, whole time. And everybody else kind of bailed out. I, I know when we first Paris, walked up. I mean, all the translators. The, oh, interpreters, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the interpreters oh. bounced out because this didn't have nothing to do with them, apparently. Um, there wasn't nothing that they can take back to their community about the the climate at that school. Um, I think they should have sat their behinds down and listened, and maybe they can take it back to where they're come the community that they're coming from, because basically we all have a a part to play. Yeah. If we're wanting to fix something, we all have to have the conversation and be willing to have the conversation about what's wrong in the first place. And a lot of times what happens is people are afraid to uh, hurt people's feelings or afraid to offend people. I'm not that one. Um, and they don't really want to have the conversation that needs to be had. It is absolutely unacceptable that the leadership of this school was not present to hear from the families whose children they are in charge of during the week. They should have pulled up, put on their big boy and big girl panties and came and sat down and listened. Because there's obviously something that is not happening at that school, right? Mm. Um, and then what I realized is people, 
hold meetings when parents are at work. Mm-hmm. Right. And they don't give another option for them to tune in. So if we really want parent engagement, right, and we really want parents to have a say so, why are these meetings being held during working hours? Because what now? They don't care. <laughs> like what? And so I think that the conversation and because I think what he asked was, how do we get more parents involved? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the same with the special board meetings they have right during the workday. The, out, the board workshops, I think they go from like nine or ten to two or four. Mm-hmm. People are at work. Yeah, I can't sit up here and engage with you. And I think that's part of the problem or how they've been able to perpetuate this system in such a way. So what do you guys think based on Samuel? Uh, go ahead, Sam. Oh, I think this tactic of making it during work hours is just another way to silence parents and make it make problems seem like they're smaller than they actually are mm-hmm. that they're happening less frequently than they actually are because they're saying less parents are showing up so so it's probably not happening that much it, they're trying to like they're basically trying to lie to themselves that it's not happening that much at their schools that they know mm-hmm. it's happening they they realize it's happening but they just i mean they and they're like mm, i don't do i know it's happening I mean, I don't know. It could be in my head, you know? I mean, we're not, we're not I can imagine it. Yeah. So, let's hold a board meeting. Oh, four parents showed up? That means I've been imagining it. Okay, it's fine. Keep it going. <laughs> Jada. I was just saying, or not that it's not happening, but it's like, oh, just, just these parents are affected by it, so it's not really that big of a deal, you know? So why do we need to take it seriously? Only these few parents showed up. You know, it's just them. It's just their personal issue, you know? And one of those parents left work early yep to come she's like my is son the told last me i need one? to yeah, yeah. The that's son why she told her yeah why does school right didn't send the invitation like what like normally your son like a, to tell you yeah like normally there's like newsletters or like you know you get those letters Emails. from yeah like, you know like the calls home when you're yeah. late to class and the, yeah. exactly like they'll call you when you're late to class you don't get the other one what make it make sense it doesn't make sense and this is why you know the state of education is the way that it is One of the things that stuck out to me yesterday, um, one of the young ladies was talking and they were asking this question about parents and parental involvement and engagement. And the young lady said, well, a lot of my friends don't have parents. Mm -hmm. She said a lot of her friends are homeless, too, or in the foster system. Mm -hmm. So how are we servicing those students who don't have parents? Well, one of the parents said that this school i don't know if she says she felt that way but she said that this school is treated like a throwaway school like, mm-hmm. she said that she yep. said that that the parents and the kids feel like that yeah mm-hmm. like it's a throwaway school if you get expelled you go there and then one of somebody i don't know who asked but somebody was like well what's after san juan like what's after that and they said continuation my mom she was like jail juvenile you know it just seems like when this school the students in the school aren't treated the way they're supposed to because there's a lot of adults that are teaching there that treat the kids like throwaways because they mm. feel as though this school is a throwaway school. And one of the parents was like, these kids are not throwaways. Like, don't treat them like they're throwaways because they're not. They're people with feelings. They're kids with feelings. And I thought that was super important. Adrian, a throwaway school. How do we service kids in a throwaway school? What is our responsibility? I think our responsibility is just dead the whole concept of a throwaway school. Mm-hmm. since 
matter it is, at the end of the day these are people we are all human we are not throwaways we shouldn't be raised as throwaways we should be taught as throwaways so like even if you're in continuation school or juvenile it doesn't matter we should all be taught the same way and we should all be taught to love ourselves mm. equally feel that i love that dead concept i can't be throwaway. <laughs> what's our responsibility how do we show up how do we show up be there mm-hmm just I think that just being there and like parents really actually showing up in the school, making it possible for parents to show up to show the kids that they're not alone. Like you may feel like this, but we're your defense. Mm-hmm. We got your back. Stand behind us. We're going to support you because like you had said, kids fighting teachers, kids fighting staff, the kids will lose every time. So 100%. the adults have to be that defense. 100 percent. Anaya, how do we show up and service kids in a quote unquote throwaway school? How do we do it? Yeah, I agree with what's said. I think just as BYOP, just showing up, showing the kids who feel like um, they are at a throwaway school, that they were throwaway kids, just showing them that someone's in their corner, um, positive affirmations, just basically showing them that someone's there for them. I would love to say for them to confide in teachers they trust or counselors they trust, but it sounds like there's nobody there for them. So I would say for BYOP, just to keep doing what y'all are doing, showing up all the time and just making a safe or yeah, safe space for them to know that they have other black people that they can confide in because they obviously can't do it anywhere at the school. Mm. Samuel? I would agree with Adrian and Anai that we need, kids don't need to be treated like they're throwaways and we need advocates in these schools for these kids because these teachers aren't doing anything. The counselors aren't doing anything. The administration isn't doing anything. So we need an outside presence in the school to make sure the kids are being treated well and being handled correctly. Because if you don't have an outside presence to monitor the school, they can just do whatever they want and then just not report it. Mm. I like the way that that sounds because we've all been in a classroom where the teacher will tell you, oh, the principal is going to come tomorrow. So make sure everybody's doing good. Yep. And every and then the teacher's on their best behavior. They got the room all nice. They they making sure they got their best handwriting. They 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 making sure everything looks sweet. And then as soon as the principal leaves, they go back to their regular self. So if you have somebody who is outside uh, and can hold them accountable, it's going to be like the principal's there over their shoulder the whole time. Mm hmm. Because you can't ignore your weight out of this. So mm-hmm. this is the thing, too. Um, schools, I will, I agree with you, Jada. Schools have to make it more accessible for parents to show up and for advocates to show up. I shouldn't have to give you 24-hour notice that I'm coming to see you when you know you've been cutting up. Mm-hmm. Right. Your chil- The children don't get that. So why do we have to come in and see a show put on when you know what you've been doing up in here? And I think by giving the notice, they're able to change their behavior. And what the parents kept saying was, it's not about um, just about the the actions. It's about the behavior that's been tolerated. Yep. Mm-hmm. This This behavior is pervasive. This behavior on the part of the adults who are in there getting on the level of children. Mm-hmm. wanting to compete with children, wanting to argue with children, wanting to go back and forth. I don't go back and forth with kids. 
but they're in there trying to put themselves on the level of children, but they have the power of the pen. And that power of the pen can make or break your future if they decide to. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was really agitated, you know, for real, because I look around the room and I, in, in most districts, I look around the room and there is nobody who looks like me. But they're making all the decisions for kids that are mostly affected by it who look like me. And so I'm trying to figure out what is really happening, because y'all already know, I don't believe people who didn't raise their own kids during slavery should be in, in charge of other people's children and be the authority over those children. I don't believe that. That's my personal belief. However, that's what we have. So how do we hold them accountable? when they decide that they are just doing what they're going to do and they and can't nobody stop them. Because my understanding, this particular teacher says she has a lot of step black people in her family, step black people. Um, and she's, it's okay for her to say the N word over and over again. But something that the parent brought up, if you wouldn't say, if you wouldn't talk about it, to your family like that if you wouldn't say it to my face out at 7-eleven oh, if you yeah. know you would meet me say across it, the street at 7-eleven <laughs> if you wouldn't say it to my said. face and then tell me that it's okay then why do you think that you have the right to say it to these children in this protected bubble is what she called it yep. a protected bubble because the she said the teachers are insulated by the teachers unions and by the administrators right so how do we again Hold people accountable when they should know better. I don't want to hear, I want the teacher to apologize. I don't want her apology. I think that she shouldn't be around children if she can't comport herself as a professional. Yeah. That's what I believe. Um, so how do we hold people accountable? And if the district or the school doesn't hold the teacher accountable, how do we hold the principal accountable? Because ultimately, since he's responsible for day-to-day -day operations of a campus, the buck stops with him or her. I don't know if it's a male or a female. They need to start firing people. They need to start, like, can they even, like, get fired? Can with the... principals? Yeah, what is the process for principals to get up? Well, they're not protected by a union. So the teachers are. The principal is not. The superintendent can fire the principal. Okay. Okay. So y'all saying, what y'all saying? <laughs> I think the principal, if a prince, okay, if a principal can't. <laughs> and Sam, you can jump in. Somebody can jump in. Don't wait for me because sometimes I'm not looking at y'all. <laughs> if a principal cannot ensure that a teacher is held accountable for the actions, then I think that they need to go. Because if they can't, if they can tolerate one teacher's actions, that means they tolerate most of all the teacher's actions towards the way that they treat the children, which makes it an unsafe space. And the principal has created that unsafe space, mm. which means that he has, or he or she has to go. I agree because if if it's gotten this bad with this with this culture, it has to be a reflection of of the of the principal. But this is the thing, and I, I want to be fair because I understand this particular campus has, has a huge turnover in administrators year after year after year. Mm -hmm. So there is no consistency in the leadership, and that is absolutely a problem. Mm -hmm. There is absolutely a problem because if you because you have teachers thinking that hey, well my the last. Uh, administration let me do this so why wh what's different like why are you coming and telling me what I can't do yeah Sammy are you trying to say something yeah this is why we need advocates on that campus on all, on all campuses I, I would say we need advocates third parties that can be objective and actually assess schools 
and administrators and teachers because administrators they can kind of bend their own narrative yes they can um with the power they have because they they can make decisions and like not report it or kind of make it go hush hush and stay on the campus it's just like and then that teacher said she's got step black people in her family so she can just say the n-word what does that huh what do you mean step black people what like how does your family members feel about this do they know this they know you said this to these children they don't oh know. okay but you know I could just see Sam mind. losing his mind in yesterday's meeting. Oh my I, god! I, I, I think you so. was just like he was in torch. Sam would have been like, he'd Sam would have flipped tables. I'm not gonna hold you. <laughs> Sam would have flipped the table. Adrian, how do we show up for folks? How do how do we continue? Like, only way we showed up yesterday is we were invited, right? So right. how can what can we do to make sure that students know that we're actually here? Because I would venture to say not a lot of people want people to know we here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that parent was mad. She was like, there's no way that I should. I'm a black mom with black children. There's no way that I shouldn't have heard about a program that supports and advocates for black students. Like I had to hear it. She said she had to hear it from a friend who was in the military, who had been connected through BYLP somehow. And I'm just like, and, that makes and sense. to be fair, that parent was not black. I helped that parent navigate a situation with the school district and that particular family reached out and told this mom about us so I can't remember her name but I'm grateful for her even letting this parent who felt she had no other options know that we were actually here right and I think that schools need to better be better at making sure they reach out first because the conversation that I have when I'm coming in on the, you know, as in partnership with the school to fix an issue versus who I have to come in as, as a partner of the parent to address an issue, those could be two separate people, right? And so I think schools need to do a better job of reaching out. If they don't know how to fix something, contact somebody who could come in and, and start to to deal with that. Um, shout out to my uh, family over at SES who uh, held a meeting with the with the administrators and the teachers. Um, I don't know what happened with that meeting and I'm still trying to connect with my sis over there just to get the rundown, but people are scared to have uncomfortable conversations, Mm -hmm. but yet they are emboldened to say words that they know have context when they shouldn't say them. Mm -hmm. And they're further emboldened because there are no punishments that are consistently being had, right? There are no punishments um, being enacted upon adults who are doing stuff to children. And I don't like that. I'm one of them adults that's going to stand in the front. Throw your words at me so I could throw mine back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But these kids, we expect our children, first of all, and I know I say this a lot, as black parents, we expect y'all to go to school and not embarrass us. Mm-hmm. However, I don't send my child to school to be a punching bag of no adult. And that uh, that adult, she wouldn't say it in a room full of adults. Mm -hmm. She would not. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Just like over at this junior high, was that junior high? A high school out here, the teacher using the N-word, talking about it was part of her lesson. I want to see your lesson plan. Right. What part of the book, what page were you on? Oh, 
I, I wasn't in the book. Well, then what the hell are you bringing up the book for if you wasn't in the book? What are we talking about? And then she just shaking like like a hooker in church, right? And it's like, ma'am, ma'am, be for real. Come on. But then she starts crying. So you knew it was wrong to say, but you were emboldened to say it to children. And then the little, I, I think she was an aide in the class, going to tell them, well, they need to get used to hearing the word anyway. Mm-hmm. Get used to it. It's crazy. People are crazy. I don't know. And I want all the smoke. So and- if she's still out there on her paid leave, I invite her to come and have a conversation and explain to me, a full grown woman, why she thought it was okay to say this word because she has step black people in her family. I want to know. And I want people to stop making excuses for bad behavior. Yeah. It's unacceptable. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What yeah. you trying to say? No, I was just saying I agree with that because I think what aided her what aided her thinking that she didn't need to be held accountable was the adults and some some of the adults and some of the students who were supporting her saying, "Oh, it was just the heat of the moment. She was just upset." I don't know any person who gets upset and says a racial slur. like A racist? <laughs> like, right, except for a racist. And this is like, I think there was a poster on the wall when I was walking through uh, the high school. It was like, no normal person, like, says a slur when they're mad or, like, goes racist when they're mad. And I was just, it a was. A racist does. <laughs> a racist does. And so, and I think that um, one of the, I think it was either the parent or the student who had brought up that her classroom has a no cell phone policy and it was because of one of the parents' sons that recorded it. That was the only reason why it was caught. And so it made me think, how many other times have you done this when there were no cameras? And it's interesting that you have a no cell phone policy because you probably know that you're about to say some stuff out of pocket and you don't want to get recorded. Mm. And it was just interesting to hear about that. Yeah. And so you were mentioned, go ahead, Sam, I'll, co- I'll come in after you. I feel like adults with, when they have zero accountability, it's just anarchy. They don't have any more. Some adults have just no more compass. They they do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it because they say I I cannot get punished for this. So mm-hmm. what? Why do I have? Why do I have to change my behavior? Why do I have to uh, act appropriately and act like you have? I have some common sense and a human being. Mm-hmm. I I mean I just don't have to. I mean. Nobody's going to tell me off for it. So why should I do it? And that's why advocates on campus. I'm going to keep saying it. I hear you. (laughs) And I believe you. And I I think that what you're expressing is that that the adults need to lead by example. The adults need to lead by example. And we can't hold the children to something that we won't even punish the adults for. It's ridiculous. So, Jada, you mentioned walking around, uh, and we saw this poster, um, and I should have sent it to Tevin so that I could share it with all y'all, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but question. it says, um, it, is, it is 2023. Ignorance is not an excuse. Racism is never okay, even in the quote-unquote heat of the moment. Normal people don't become racist when upset. There is no excuse to say a racial slur. Racism is never okay in the heat of the moment. They just over and over using racial slurs is never okay, right? And my understanding is the teachers were going down the hallways ripping down posters. She yep. said there was over 19 posters and they all got ripped off. Yep. And then one of the boys got his poster ripped down, so he decided to write it on a cardboard and walk around holding it, and he got punished for it. Adrian, ripping posters down? 
What do you think? Did he oh, freeze? He okay. Anaya? <laughs> Ripping posters down? What do you say? I think it's a very just bizarre thing because then it just shows like the racism coming out of the teachers. Why are you ripping down the truth? Like you saying racial slurs in the heat of the moment, that shows your true colors. Why are you upset? Oh, because the shoe fits. <laughs> I don't I don't understand like why even go to those lengths. More and the funny thing is additionally, Anaya, what they said was, oh gosh, and I'm just it just went out my brain when they were talking about um the teachers and holding them accountable, right? Mm-hmm. Um Anaya, tell me your point again. What what was the last thing you said? If the shoe fits or just walk past the posters. Um, mm, girl, I don't know. But anybody else, <laughs> else want to talk? Because I'm trying to think of it. Um, and I was actually reading uh, Joel's point in, in the chat about the administrators are the problem. It, or the, the was for school administrators, the problem is twofold. They are promoted through the dysfunctional system and administrators are limited to holding bad teachers accountable due to unions protecting bad teachers. And I think we covered that. We know that unions protect bad teachers. Um, I don't know if uh, unions are filled with bad teachers who who pr- uh, protect bad teachers, um, but I do know that um, there has to be a shift in the way that we're doing things um, and the way that we're holding people accountable because there would be no schools for, chil- for without children. And if the parents really wanted to, they would absolutely pull their children from these schools. And then what? Everybody wants to talk about, oh, well, we create this environment and, oh, this is great and we're wonderful and we pat ourselves on the back and we give out ourselves recognitions and we're teachers of the year and schools of the year and their discipline numbers are abysmal. There are two different school systems. There's the school system that is a great place to be and those normally for the kids that that they don't consider throwaways or uh, kids who they don't um, see as problem children those are the kids that get highlighted the most the kids who need the most support and the most love they're not doing the type of things that need to get done and it's showing and so I I just y'all I'm 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 really upset about this I'm upset about the fact that these kids felt or feel they have no one out here. Yeah. They they get it from the classroom. And my understanding is they're also getting it from the coaches. Yep. The coaches are cussing them out, mm-hmm. referring to them by a uh, female genitalia. Mm-hmm. I'ma leave it there. Y'all go ahead and make your draw your lines across the thing. Oh yeah, that um, was crazy. They weren't somebody wasn't eating or they no, couldn't they let somebody get- eat or yeah, there was. What the hell yes. is going on? And they were saying that a kid had a concussion, and and they made him play. They made him play. He was knowing. throwing up, dizzy, and talking they put about him some, back in the game. Putting back in the game. But I think that that is also a part of the toxic nature of just like I think they're talking about football. The toxic yeah. nature of like high school football coaching. I'm like, you realize these are children, right? You realize <laughs> these are not grown adults. They're not. They're not in college, and even then, it's a little extreme for college students. You, you, th- this is just, you need to be a little bit more cognizant about who you're talking to. You're not talking to grown adults, or you're not talking to grown adults. You're talking to little children, like mm-hmm. freshmen, sophomores, what, mm-hmm. even a senior, even a junior. I don't, 
these are children. Why are you talking to children like this? Yep, and there was this black cheerleader. And she brought it. She brought it to the attention of them, and they did nothing. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what she was upset about in, she was like, in the still meeting. Coaching. Right? And they're still coaching. Yep. And you were going to say something about the cheerleader. Yeah, there was a black cheerleader, and they were calling her a fat a because her uniform didn't fit her. And I was just like, "Are we five? Like at your big age, you're talking to children like this? Like this is bullying. You're bullying." children how about they shouldn't be sexualizing that child yep. and looking at her I, in the first place like, i looked what? over at you during the meeting and i said it sounds like over sexualization because if little sally was wearing something like that they wouldn't okay. little sally is not as filled out as as shaniqua <laughs> i'm just gonna Shaniqua. call her that i don't know her name <laughs> i'm just i'm look y'all know what i'm saying yeah i get it because this is the the uh, the other problem right with say the school um dress code right is being disproportionately um, black girls are being disproportionately um, identified for yep. punishments of, of, according to how they're be- dressing. Yep. They mm-hmm. can wear the same thing as as uh, one of their counterparts, and because they are more mature or their glands are bigger, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, they're being dress coded, yep. right? And right. this is another part of it. She can't help her shape, mm-hmm. but. I'm more concerned about grown men mm-hmm. looking at this baby and sexualizing her and telling her that her body type is not good enough to fit into their preferred image of what a woman looks like. That's a child. They right. shouldn't be looking. Right. Mm-hmm. And I forgot the question I asked Adrian as he was standing, sitting, getting ripped. Uh, oh, that's what I was asking you, Adrian. What message is it sending um, when the adults were tearing down posters that the children were putting up? I think it shows that's what happens when students try to do adult things or we consider adult things. They try to stand up for themselves and teachers in their positions feel like they're overstepping. Hmm. So they want to show them again who's the authority and Mm. who's not. So by ripping down the posters, they're showing you you beat to my drum. You do what I tell you. If I say Mm -hmm. no posters, no posters. Whoa. Adrian, we're going to keep you. Hold on. We're going to have to keep Adrian. Um, <laughs> and yeah, walking down the hall, and I think I saw like the little placards that they like drilled to their wall where it's like, stop the bullying, you know, no bullying tolerated, but you got adults bullying students. And I think I had brought it up in the meeting. I was like, I see these posters around, but I'm hearing these parents express their frustration about teachers bullying students. And at this point, you're, you guys are treating your posters like they're just mere decorations on the wall. Like, I I think that w- I think the posters and the stuff on the wall. I think that's level one of the um, facade. No, no, no. It's um. They always tell me about it. What is it? Um. The the interventions. The I don't know. I hate it because I don't know, but it sounds like propaganda. And I, I'm I'm trying to look at you. The 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 there's level one, two, and three of it and it's a particular it's not restorative justice it's it's something that they get awards for in districts when they have um these things put in place and i can't oh darn it come on somebody in the chat uh help me out it's it's every school has it and there are three levels and there may be some supplemental ones but i every time they bring it up i say i hate that because it's nothing um it's nothing (laughs) and it's just like arbinger training they're talking about mindset training when it's a heart issue um, but it's, it's some, some sort I'm sorry, some like a uh, framework that they've put into these schools to help them 
positive behavior, PBIS, that's yep. what it is. Positive <laughs> behavior intervention systems, right? The and the meeting. first level is posters on the freaking wall. How is that an intervention? But okay, I digress. Um, but they put these PBS things in and they they give these teachers kudos for these posters on the wall. But when the kids put the posters on, they rip them down. And yeah. that could have been an opportunity to create dialogue about how they can either change the course or climate of that school or what the students need in order to feel better about coming to that school and to see themselves as valuable and not throwaways. What are you trying to say? But I liked what you had said in the meeting when he was like, oh, what's the first step to like healing? What's the first step to just basically fixing the environment? And you were like, oh, dang, why the word just slip? Oh, my gosh. No. See, <laughs> in the world. No, no, no. Accountability. No, it wasn't no acknowledgement. It was acknowledgement because the teacher kept saying, well, I don't believe I did anything wrong. I don't believe I did this. I don't believe I did that. If Unless you can accept this is where I went wrong. I see how I overstepped here. Now, can we try and rebuild? That's where it needs to start. And that's where the teacher was lacking. She didn't want to acknowledge her wrong, but you want to start healing. That's not how that works. Well, and I think the other part is not only did she not acknowledge it, she doubled down. Yep. And my understanding is the kids told her to stop. Then a faculty member went in and told her it was offensive and to stop. And she kept hurling the insult at him. Yep. And my understanding is he wanted to wring her neck. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, again, I hate when the first thing people want to do when there is an offense that occurs against black people, they want black people to forgive and they want the healing to start immediately. And I cannot forgive something that has not been acknowledged and we cannot heal what you won't admit. Mm -hmm. And so if we can't get even the very basics down, you offended me and you can't say, I realize what I said was offensive. I, I am sorry. How can I make this right? And what steps do I need to take to make you feel like a valuable member of this school community until we can do that? I don't know. And the, the, this is the more, even more sinister part of it, right? So you have this teacher in there specifically saying this, what she knows, because she grown, mm -hmm. knows as a racial slur. But not even a couple of weeks ago, you had the Sac County GOP at the meeting trying to attack equity. She did this because she knows there's people in the community that will support her foolishness. Including her husband. Including her husband, who is who also there. employed at the school. It's just so scary to think about. Like, what is she doing outside of school? That's a good question. And it's also scary to think about that a lot of those kids probably don't have a lot of alternatives because it's a small school with not a lot of teachers. Maybe that is the only teacher that teaches that, yes. that, that, that class. An adult had brought that up. They were like, people want to leave her class, but it's also hard when you're trying to meet the A through G requirements to get to college. And that Correct. may be the only teacher that can teach that class. And I so was like, stuck. that's mm -hmm. that's. Yeah. So what does that do to your mental when you're stuck in a place that is not good for you? Bad. That's the toxic relationship we're talking about, right? Yep. Right, Sam? That's, That's a toxic, said, toxic relationship? relationship. Well, no, no, no. I can't. What? Hold on. My fault. Time no. out. <laughs> Time out. Please. What the hell you know? Wait, what? <laughs> what you know? What you know? Come back. Daily. Come back. Run it back. <laughs> what you say? I'll double and pass it down. Bye. <laughs> see Jalen be just saying stuff and 
He's like, <clears throat> don't I know what you know? You know about toxic relationships? Um, That's going to be the next this, show. We're going to talk about Jalen's toxic great. relationship, Anaya. No, you don't. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is good, though. Um, it's com- comedic relief. Comedic relief. Whatever. <laughs> Samuel, <laughs> were you trying to say something? <laughs> Man said comedic relief. <laughs> <laughs> well, why I know, huh? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a toxic relationship where you can't leave, but they're they're extremely affecting you physically and emotionally. But you can't leave for for like you because it it's basically like a requirement you, you to get to where you want to be in the future you have to stay there but that place is not good for you it's not good for your uh well-being but mm. to secure your future you have to stick it out and you know stay tough but how are you going to stay tough when all that harassment is just building up and building up and building up inside you and especially for the people who are there who are homeless or in foster care where they don't really have parental figures. I think there was somebody had mentioned something who was who was a teacher, not in there, but I had just heard this before where they're like, sometimes students go to school if they don't have a really stable home life, they go to school and teachers are supposed to kind of be the second parents, I guess. So what happens when you don't have just a strong adult role model in your life and you go and you get harassed by an adult like i can just imagine how that may affect them so Mm -hmm. i want to meet her (laughs) you want me who that teacher oh yeah i want want to have a conversation i I wish she was there i'm not gonna hold you no she she can reach out um they can reach us at info at bylp.org if she want to come on and explain herself uh, and have a conversation it don't matter i'm gonna invite her anyway yep come on girl. i'm gonna invite her anyway because i believe in giving people the opportunity to clear the air. Um, I, I'll listen. She might storm off. Um, she might just hang up virtually. I don't know. But I think that um, in moments like this, I've, I'm really trying to understand some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't understand how a grown person could contribute to hurting young people and not see the error of their ways. Like, mm-hmm. what do you get out of that? Well, it's sadistic. Oh, let me show you. Okay. So I was online because, you know, I'm always online. <laughs> and there was this post that uh, one a guy who used to be a principal at um, a charter school, he put it up. He said, y'all would be surprised how many prison wardens are living vicariously through the school principalship. Talk about school to prison pipeline. And I would even say that extends to teachers living vicariously because they need to be telling somebody what to do. They need to be powerful. They need to be the authority in the situation. Adrian, you agree? Uh, Yeah, of course. I mean, teachers, they they got the job because they like to be in a position of power. And, you know, it's unfortunate because teachers are meant to teach, not to scold punish harass or offend Mm. so it's it's unfortunate that we have teachers that are living their dream you know (laughs) cussing out students and doing the wrong you right (laughs) my girl what (laughs) what do you think yeah and i really like that 
what would that be called an analogy or I guess it's just uh-huh. the truth because it's yeah it's showing the power imbalance and like oh no I was fired at a prison let me go work at a school now I can still have the same amount of power <laughs> and I don't even think that he he's saying that they were their actual prison wardens it might just be the mentality yeah right and the mentality of always having to be over something mm-hmm. um in particular in this case over black bodies mm-hmm. and that seems to be something that is pervasive in the education system period it just is what it is right and so you know we've run out of time for today i want to thank y'all for joining in um during this tuesday <laughs> we will see you next week on monday sam are you trying to say something else no okay i gotta say so, something okay me, i Jalen, do not know anything about toxic relationships i Boy, only see it in, mu- in movies <laughs> i only see it in movies <laughs> i only see it in movies um i watch you on a netflix hey let me tell y'all something about Jalen. nah let me not even expose him never mind wow <laughs> it'd be your own <laughs> friends <laughs> and scene <cut. laughs> wow. so look we have run out of time for today we will catch you right here next week on monday our regular time, 4.30 PST. Um, I will have to let Ooh. you know who we're talking to because I don't know right at the moment. Um, but make sure that you are following us on Instagram at BYLP or BVBOE6. Um, you can also find uh, Black Youth Leadership Project on Facebook. Um, and our website is www.bylp.org. Connect and find out why we are indeed a whole mood. Oh, uh, make sure... I know y'all were. Mood, baby. Yeah. I know you were. <laughs> Make sure that you mark your calendars June 23rd through the 25th. Celebration weekend is coming to Sacramento. Yeah, this boy going to cry. You know, mm-hmm. It's Jalen's mm-hmm. birthday weekend. And we got some seniors that we're celebrating, <laughs> so it's all good. Um, for the teachers out in, in podcast land, if you have a student who is not graduating, but you want to uh, acknowledge them for either their citizenship, um, their grades, their turnaround or improvement in your class. Um, If you want to just show them a little bit of love, you can start really soon to nominate students in your life um, for us to recognize them at our Friday night event, uh, which we are going to, we use it as our end of the year party, uh, gala of sorts. Um, and so y'all don't know what a gala or a gala is. I'm gonna say gala. Gala, gala. gala. I said said what I said. I said what I said. Y'all just keep it moving. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, make sure you mark your calendars for that. And um, yeah, with that, we gonna hit you with the wave. Sam is gonna start us off. And I come on, Anaya, Adrian. Wave what? Can we? Hey, hey. Yes, eight. just oh, wave. wave it. Yeah. There you go. Oh, hey, yeah. hey, hey. We will see y'all next Whole week. Mood, baby. Whole mood, baby. Whole mood, baby.